Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking the Fed is raising the rates yet again. So we're back talking about our friends at the Federal Reserve, and we're going to be talking about them for uh, actually probably the next couple of years as they begin the gradual kind of uptick in the federal funds uh, interest rate hike. And we all knew this was coming. We knew it was a matter of time. I mean, you can't keep the Fed fund rate at zero or a quarter of a percent for very long. That's just not the purpose of the Fed fund rate. And so... You know, I think that right now it's a little bit not a shock to people, but I think uh, because it had been so, so, so low for so long, you know, a lot of people thought, well, it was just going to stay low for a bit longer. And that's just not the case, right? We we have to stabilize the economy. Um, You know, jobs are better. 
just the overall kind of economics of the United States is looking better. And so, you know, it was really a time last year to focus on, let's start raising this Fed fund rates just a little bit and, uh, you know, really kind of inch it up there. So they're expected to raise the interest rate again, uh, likely Uh, You'll be listening to this podcast on Wednesday, so likely today at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I mean, it would be an absolute shock if they didn't. And so usually what the Fed does is, you know, ahead of their meeting, they pretty much tell you, okay, we're going to raise the rate. And so, you know, people kind of start preparing for that. Currently, it's at uh, 0.75, three quarters of a percent. So it will likely go up to a percent tomorrow. And, you know, a lot of times... um, especially younger millennials always think, well, this doesn't matter, or how does this affect me? And I know that I've done a lot of podcasts on this, and I, I think it's just one of those things that you you should hear over and over and over again, because, you know, it's, it's not just good enough that, you know, you budget or that, you know, you're paying off your debt. I really also want you to understand at least the basics of economics, at least the basics of how these different decisions affect, you know, your spending, your savings, your future goals, because it does have an impact. So just to review, the Fed, again, uses this monetary policy to really help achieve kind of maximum uh, employment and, and stabilize prices in our economy. And now that the really nasty 2008 uh, money crisis is, is likely over, you know, um, you know, we're, we're going to be recovering for that for some time, even though, I mean, my gosh, that was almost 10 years ago already. So the Fed is looking to increase this, this interest rate to continue to achieve um, low unemployment and to stabilize prices in the economy. And that's really the crux behind the Federal Reserve. So, you know, bumps are to be expected as the rates rise up to, you know, quote unquote, normal levels. And they've been abnormal, right? You know, having the Fed fund rate at 0% for quite many years, that that was totally abnormal. You know, we, we really hadn't seen that a lot in history. And, you know, those with revolving debt could really see increases in their payments within within 60 days is, is likely. It's not an immediate, right? It's going to take a little a little time for things to catch up. And, you know, homeowners, if you're a homeowner or you're buying a house right now and you have an adjustable rate mortgage, you're going to get hit uh, when your loan resets, right? Savers, though, those of us who are diligently like putting money in savings, we aren't likely to get a benefit for quite a while, right? So you're not going to go from earning, you know, 1% in your uh, high yield savings account to suddenly earning like 5%, right? That's just not going to happen. Even even the smallest kind of tick up is going to take quite a while before you actually feel a difference. So, you know, certainly don't go out tomorrow and get, you know, or today, I should say, because you're listening to this podcast today. Um, don't go out and get like, you know, a couple bottles of champagne and, you know, a you know thing of caviar and think you're going to start celebrating because you're going to have all this extra money in your savings account. Not going to happen, right? Um, again, any extra money is extra money. And the way this works is, you know, as the Fed fund rates go up, things get more expensive. So, you know, credit card interest rates, home loan interest rates, all of those interest rates get more expensive. But on the flip side, the bonus is that your uh, interest that you're earning in your savings also increases. 
not as not as steadily as we would like, but I mean, really, we've been complaining about such low rates with our savings accounts for so long that, I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. I mean, those who have savings accounts at banks, we just talked about this, you know, in the podcast on Monday. But those who have savings account at the bank, I mean, you're probably earning like 0.01 or 0.02 percent on your money. I mean, it's relatively nothing. It's something. But it is so incredibly low. So those people who are kind of avid savers are, you know, actually celebrating this news that hopefully we're going to get back up to kind of normal Fed fund rates. And this is going to help with your savings accounts. So uh, Greg McBride, he's been on the podcast before. He's chief financial analyst at bankrate.com. Uh, he has a couple of really interesting comments. So he notes that consumers with credit card debt and, of course, these adjustable rate mortgages and home equity lines of credit are going to be affected. And he says that it's it's a cumulative effect that's so important, especially since the Fed already raised rates in December 2015 and December 2016. And, you know, they've they've really signaled that there's going to be at least three rate hikes in 2017. So we're going through our first one now, right? So likely we're going to get at least two more rate hikes this year, you know, as they the Fed really works to kind of stabilize things. And these interest rate hikes, I mean, they can really add up to hundreds of dollars each month and extra fees for credit cards um, and definitely for these adjustable rate mortgage and home equity line of credit borrowers. So I mean, I, I've said this on podcasts before. I am just, I'm not a fan of adjustable rate anything. Adjustable rate mortgage, um, uh, adjustable rate student loans are out there, variable rate student loans. They make me really nervous. And really, it's because I've seen over the last 10 years what has happened to people who have adjustable or variable rates, right? Um, I mean, that's really what happened in 2008. You know, people had these these really super low variable rate mortgages, and they got them without having kind of any assets to pay for it, Right. Uh, you could do a zero down, meaning you you had no down payment, and you got this loan with this super low interest rate that started out for a while. Well, that interest rate was only good for a certain amount of time, and once you know everything started adjusting, it was right when everything started to fall apart, and people just couldn't pay their mortgages because you know, like, let's say your your rate adjusts and you go from like a thousand dollar payment to like I don't know a two thousand dollar payment, for instance. And there are a lot of budgets where you just can't, you can't afford that. You can't afford that payment. And so, um, you know, that's why we had, we had such the kind of mortgage and homeowner debacle that we did because people just, they couldn't, they really couldn't afford what they had to begin with. And that's really, you know, step number one, if you're buying a house, you got to be able to afford this. I mean, I want you to have a comfortable payment that if you lost your job or if something happened, you could pay this mortgage uh, because it just, it destroys your credit. It's just, it's, it's stressful. It's toxic. I mean, it's just, it's a bad situation to be in when you can't make your mortgage payment. And I don't want any of you to have to go through that. I want you to have to experience that. And you don't have to, if you just make smart money moves. And so I know it's super enticing, you know, when you're looking at buying a home and the variable adjustable rate mortgage, you know, is a lower interest rate, maybe a lower payment to start out. I know it looks super enticing. Trust me. I mean, I've been there, done that. I used to consult with people in the mortgage industry and I know how this works, but 
you know, I need you to think long term. I need you to think about well, what happens when that rate adjusts? What's the worst case scenario? And can I handle the worst case scenario? And people don't like to think that way, right? We get all super excited about the really low payment and that looks really nice. And we think about what we can do with all the extra money in our budget. But what happens is, you know, you forget about that in three, four, five years down the line when that rate adjusts. And if you're in a bad interest rate environment, I mean, you could really get hammered and there's not a whole lot you can do because likely in those environments, it might be hard for you to refinance. You might not have uh, the cash in your property to refinance. So it just, you know, I'm always about playing it safe. Get a fixed rate mortgage, get a 15 or 30 year fixed rate mortgage, right? You know the payment, it's not going to adjust. You know that it can fit in your budget. You know, all of those things are really important. So this prime rate, it currently sits at 3.75% and it will be adjusted almost immediately after the Fed announces their increase. And credit card companies, they use the prime as really a baseline for what they charge companies. So usually you'll see on a credit card, it'll say prime plus a certain percentage. And that is what your interest rate is based off of. So you know, credit card, I mean, the interest rates on credit cards are already high, right? Then anytime we go through one of these interest rate hikes, ah, you know, we, we can we can feel it in our credit card. So again, we talked about the Fed is expected to hike um, not only three times this year, but also three more times next year. So that's six rate hikes in the next two years. And what they're doing is they're trying to get the Fed fund rate back up to 3%. Now they can't just go from like three quarters of a percent to 3% in one fell swoop. I mean, people would freak out. You just, you couldn't do that, right? So they've got to do kind of this really um, slow incline to get there. And that's why you're going to see over the next couple of years, these increases to get there, right? Uh, they think the economy is good. They think it's it's stabilizing and that we're in an environment where we can do this. The stock market is soaring. Um, and so this is really kind of prime territory to do this. So your variable rates, your mortgages, your student loans, et cetera, you're going to see increases. This is a great time right now, too, to take advantage of those 0% credit card offers before they vanish there's a lot of uh, credit card offers out there where you can get 0% for you know 15 or 21 months. Even I've seen them as far out as 21 months. Um, you can go over to nerdwallet.com and check out their different credit card offers based on your, uh, your credit score. So again, really important. Another reason why you want to have like a rockin', a stellar uh, credit score is because you can take advantage of these things. So if you can get your credit cards positioned on 0% rates, at least for, you know, 15 to 21 months, you know, who cares about the interest rate increase, right? Because you put yourself in a really good position where you can pay off your debt over a period of time with no interest, and you don't care about the interest rate. Another way to sort of take advantage of this is, again, I'm going to say this so many times, you're probably tired of hearing about this, but using your credit card like a debit card is the smartest way to do it. So if you use your credit card to pay for all of your normal expenses, right? Your groceries, your eating out, um, your beauty supplies, your haircuts, you know, any things that you would normally do, your gas, anything that you would normally do in a week. 
and then pay that off, pay that off every single month. It doesn't matter what the interest rate is because it's a non-factor to you, right? You're, you're paying this off. And uh, so you're really kind of, <laughs> you know, you're beating the credit card companies at their own game. And they don't, this isn't, this is a real unpopular thing to say. I mean, if everybody did this, you know, they wouldn't have a business model, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a smart thing to do. Like, let's say that you, you work your budget and you figure out that all of your weekly expenses are around, you know, 200 to 250 bucks. So there's a couple things you could do. You can actually put $250 on your credit card start of the week, right? You go through the week, you buy all the things that you need to, and you're basically paying into that, that 250, right? And once you're, you're done, you're done, right? It's a really good way to kind of um, visually manage your budget. I, we do that. I like that a lot. Um, you know, I can, I can really clearly tell where we're at. And then once the, once the money's used up, the money's used up, right? So it really keeps your spending, uh, within kind of the, the sweet spot, the sweet zone that you want it to be. Uh, you know, you could, you could do the envelope technique where you take out, you know, $200 a week in cash and, you know, you, you, use your credit card as a debit card. And once you hit 200 bucks, um, you know, you redeposit the $200 and you put on the credit card. I mean, I know that's a crazy, crazy system. And a lot of people are like, well, why would I do that? But there's something again, like psychological about you actually withdrawing the money, putting the money back in and then paying it towards your credit card. It's weird. And, you know, I think there's so many different strategies and methods to keep you on budget. You, you really have to figure out what works for you. And it's going to be different for everyone. It's going to look different for everyone. And that's totally okay. Um, so just play with lots of different things. But again, if you are a mortgage uh, homeowner and you have an adjustable rate mortgage, I'm going to need you to buckle the seatbelt. You know, if you can refinance now, you can still get a relatively low rate. You can lock in that fixed rate before we go through, you know, what, five more interest rate hikes over the next two years, it's going to make a difference. And I think for for peace of mind, it's really going to help you uh, to not have to think about this, to not have to think about, well, what's going to happen in five years? Am I going to be out of my house? Am I going to have sold my house? Am I still going to be here? Um, You know, so many people say, well, I'm getting the adjustable rate mortgage because I'm only going to be in my house for three years and I'm going to sell it before the interest rate adjusts in five years. Well, that's all well and dandy, but let me tell you, life happens. And sometimes you get in a situation where A, you're not moving in that three years or B, maybe you can't sell your house, right? That's a big deal. So when we're talking about a house, like that is an asset that you can't just up and sell. You can't just up and get whatever price you set for it, right? You set a price and it's really determined by who, you know, who is the buyer, or I should say, what is the buyer going to pay for your property? And so that's sometimes where, you know, everybody wants to buy real estate, but it's it's not a liquid asset. It Yes, your property could sell like in you know, 24 hours, and you could be in the best scenario possible. But I've seen a lot of um, 
(laughs) I've seen a lot of clients, a lot of people that I've worked with where that's not the case. It's months, if not years, depending on what market you live in to get your property sold. And the question mark is at what price? So I just don't want you to ever be in a situation where your back is up against the wall and um, maybe you have to take a low ball offer or, um, you know, maybe you get in a situation where the interest rate adjusts and ah, it just, it just breaks you, you know, you just can't pay for it. All right. So again, pay attention to the interest rate hikes, pay attention to the news, read some articles online, get educated about this, and then figure out how it affects your own uh, money situation. Figure out, you know, how it affects your money goals in the future and be smart with this stuff because that's really what I just want to open your eyes. I just want to like, you know, again, we talked to last time about, you know, the one day, one day a week, be wide awake, one day a week, just give me one day a week, right? And so if you haven't already had your one day a week of being wide awake, you know, take it today, read some articles, find out about how this stuff affects you. And, um, you know, maybe it's just an asterisk. Maybe it really doesn't affect you right now, but it's something that you're educated about and something that you know that, okay, this, this is going to, you know, maybe alter my plans down the line. All right. So as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Chana Game, Instagram at millennial underscore money.